Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ahmed pops up. He's got both unbuttoned, like oh, going way oh, down. Oh, it was way down, huh? Like uh, chest hairish kind of right. move. Right. We're yeah. going to make fun of him for that on, on Monday. Pretty podcast. sure that I, I saw tufts of, of chest hair. I'm sure he would have <laughs> chest hair. I haven't expected that yet. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. What's up, Chris Sims? Chris Sims on button. Ahmed Farid is here, and we will get to the bottom of this. It's a very important subject. Yeah. He does have chest hair. It's slightly popping out today is, with his unbuttoned uh, button on his shirt there. I didn't even know we were going to play that. Oh, no, good. That's the way we intended it. So I got to, like, I, you know, here it is. Here's oh. Johnny Cool. <laughs> so, okay, you just had one button down. One down. One. I think Paul thought you might have had two. It's a shirt that the right. one button up, like I didn't do the top button, so there are technically well, two technically buttons. Well, technically two, but I think he meant three then. No okay? one does all the buttons all the way to the top. No one <laughs> no, does I, that. So no one counts that one. Uh, yeah. So it's one of those one of those shirts where if you do one button undone, it looks like you got two. Whoa. And then, oh, there's oh, the zoom yeah, in. So you get a closer look. It is a little hairier <laughs> than there than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's the before. Yes. And then I had to shave up yeah. there. You're not that hairy. There you go. No, Even I'm, I'm not that hairy. As I look at you now, you may be able to connect the chin hair to the chest hair. <laughs> you might be able to work that out if you just let it go. I don't I, know. I think being half Arab, you yes. kind of get hair growing in different spots. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure. Patchier beards right. and, and whatnot. Um yeah, I like that the fact that you said Oh, we're scouting you I, at all times. You go I, I you go I don't know if he has chest hair. I haven't scouted that yet. Like yeah. it was a foregone conclusion like of course I'm going to scout well, it at some now. point. Of course now. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, at I, I, I of course will. you know me. Nobody <laughs> likes to look at guys' bodies more than me, all right? I got to scout you out. See what you're doing. See if you're getting your squats in, see what your hairy chest looks like. I can already see the first comment on YouTube right now. Yeah. Got uncomfortable, had to skip the first 5 minutes. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> w- welcome to the Chris Sims on Button podcast. That's what we That's do. What we do. That's we what make we do. you uncomfortable. All right, so then the rest of your weekend Yes. You got to see the greatest franchise ever invented in the history of sports. Well, they do well, have a lot of championships. They do have a lot, yes. They're good this year. <laughs> they are good this year. Yeah. Is that the Yanks game? Got to see that. Got to see Aaron Judge. Yanks win again. I mean, we win almost every game now. I'm not it was sure. crazy. I mean, I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, right. so they were playing I know, the Tigers. It was even better. I loved it. And I was like, wow, the Tigers are actually playing well. They yeah. got a lead. And then right. they got another lead. They right. came back. And I was like, finally, the one time I see them this year, they're going to win. They're going to beat the team with the best record in baseball. But the Yankees are the best they team. They came back. They just kept coming back. It was yeah. like it was. they knew they were going to do it. It was they just a matter of They got something going right now. No doubt about it. Like no Judge doubt. didn't even have a good game. He yeah. struck out, got out with the bases loaded. But right. it didn't matter. No. 
it did not. We're good. Yeah. All right. So you enjoyed the stadium. That was a good day for baseball. It was awesome. Right. CC Sabathia. I got wow. to work with him, meet what? him for the first time. Whoa. There, he's a, a little taller than I am. A little. And yeah, he, he <laughs> says he's the one on the right. Just to be clear here, he he's what six eight. Oh man, that's think a good so? question. Right around there. I mean, it's somewhere in there. Maybe I mean, not quite that tall. Cause no, that, you think it's not? I mean, it's, it is up. it six seven and change? I mean, he's lost some weight. Six six. Wow, six six. Yep. I don't know why. I always thought he was tall, a little bit more tall than I, or, or yeah. at least taller than that. Definitely lost some weight. Yep. since his playing days. Yeah, and he's cleaned up his life. I mean, yeah, he's got he a has. lot of things to be proud of. No oh, doubt. He, and he was loving it. He was doing a great job, and he was. Very complimentary of what we do on this podcast. Right. Because he does a podcast yeah. with Ryan Rucco, and he yeah. swears on that podcast. Yeah, sure. He's like, That's just how I've always talked. Right. I grew up in Vallejo, California. Yeah. He said, this is what I do. And I go, I do a podcast with Chris Sims. And I go, and on that podcast, we curse as well. You he, fucking liar, yeah. And I gave him a fist bump. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, with yeah, you. I'm, I'm cool. With you. Yeah, we swear, too. <laughs> I gotta, we got to tweet something to him then on social media so I, he knows the truth. Yeah. That you've never. No, never. we do. We, we do. I, you know, as a group. <laughs> as, a we, group as a group, as a we show, do. we yeah. do. But we, you don't specifically. We average probably per podcast maybe, you know, 10 curses per person. Yeah, you're right. That's we do. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're very good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, one day. Maybe we can get CeCe to donate, like, you know, a million of his seven hundred million he made playing football, baseball, uh, baseball yeah. and he can get you to football. swear one day for a charity. That's event, that's the know? deal. That's All what right. we're gonna do. Next time we'll do it. We'll hit up. We'll hit up CC. I'll go. You're big on swearing, CC. Right? Cece, He's like, you're of course big, I am. right? Yeah. Let's get this guy to join the club. <laughs> uh, right. No, it was a good time. It, it was good. a good time. I had a fun time. It was uh, it was awesome. But back to football talk. Yeah, back because to football. This is getting. This is getting serious. It's getting serious. You know, we joke around a lot. We talk about chest hair. We do that, right? Yeah, that's what we do. But now we're getting into the top ten. In yeah. fact, we're going all the way to the top nine here Whoa. today. Twelve through nine, which is still confusing to me because twelve minus nine is three, yeah, right? Right. But it's four quarterbacks. Right. Why does math math? Well, is, we broke math. I know. Well, you're counting twelve though. So I know. That's that's the problem. It's so, like it's one of my pet peeves when I watch media companies talk yeah. about players' careers. Yeah. Right. They can't ever figure it out. Like, it's always a year off. My dad's career, I'll use him specifically, played from 79 to 93. Okay. So everyone, people who run these TV shows, they just go, well, 79 to 93, that's 14. That's 14. Right. But no, no, you've got to count 79. He actually played in that year. It's not adding on to 79 plus 14. So, yeah, that's one of those things there that, you know. It's confusing, though. You have to think about it. You do. And we've got all this new math out there. I know my son's doing some new ways of doing math. I can't figure it out the new ways. It gets me. They've got to fix this adding the one more problem. But regardless, um, (laughs) we're going 12 through 9. And we'll also do the, the next 10. In our Super Brawl yeah. competition, More which coaches and quarterbacks yep. could devastate another coach and got quarterback. Got some questions from the homies. In a barroom fight. Yep, and we got some questions from the homies. So let's get right into it. All right. Let's take a look at where we are right now. We've gone 40-13. to 13, Ended the last one with Deshaun Watson, who is at 13 right now. And I think that probably uh, messed up a lot of people out there. Because uh, I think they thought he was going to maybe be in your top ten. We had over a thousand people submit their guesses. I know, I know. That one tripped people up. I think. Well, it's it's a tough one. Again, I know what his top end talent is, and and I know people are going to sit there and go, you know, oh, well, you know, other guys are injured or whatever, and blah blah blah. But this is like again, this is beyond injury. This is he did not participate in training camp. He did not do anything all year. He did not practice. 
You know, I know he's getting some practice time in right now, too. He's going to be suspended for a huge amount of time, too. So maybe that, like, in the back of my mind affected things a little bit. I know when it's all systems go and he's played some ball and really rolling, there's no doubt he's in the conversation with the guys that we got in the top five of this list, which I'm not going to tell you right now. But, yeah, he's in that combo when it's all good. But, again, that's a big if and when that'll get there again. I think people are a little bit underestimating that. Uh, as we've discussed, and I, this is probably the third time in a row I've made this point, but I'll make it one more time. You know, Again, we, we have quarterbacks that get injured all the time and don't come back and look the same after the injury always. And it takes them a little while right, to get right. playing and hit on all cylinders, let alone a guy that's missed football for a complete year. I, I don't know if everybody's get, quite giving the credit or, or – the creditors as far as how hard that is to yeah. kind of overcome and right. think oh, I'm going to come back and be awesome right away. And I, and I don't think you factored this in really. Maybe you did a little bit, yeah. but the fact that this is for just this year and there's a football player on this list, you don't know how much he's going to play this year. Well, so the, you the, that's where I know that exactly in. that, that, you know, again, yeah, last year, not playing certainly is going to knock you down a little bit. The right. fact that you didn't play and, you know, again, you know, let's, let's just, we got some good fucking quarterbacks in the league right now. And mm-hmm. we had a few guys that were younger and things that continue to go up the list and stuff. So that pushed him down too. You know, so there's a there's a few factors that, that played into that. Really good quarterbacks, yeah. including number twelve on your list as we continue the Chris Sims top forty quarterback countdown. That player is Kyler Murray. That's right. Arizona Cardinals. I I I'm I'm a little surprised I got him at number twelve. I'm not gonna lie. You know, it's probably one way I went into the conversa- or into this exercise thinking, oh, yeah, Kyler Murray would be a top 10 quarterback for sure. He was seven last year. He was for seven you. last year. I know. But, you know, we'll get into it. I think the first thing you're going to hit on, Ahmed, or at least we've got to say about this guy, this is still one of the most physically gifted quarterbacks in the NFL. Hands down. There's my banner statement. If I had to say a headline, there is a lot to like about what he can bring to the table. I mean, come on. First off, he runs like an elite slot receiver in the NFL. Like, if you move Kyler Murray to the slot tomorrow for the Arizona Cardinals, you'd go, oh, shit, nobody can cover him in the slot. He's, he's, he can't, nobody can. He's so quick. He's so explosive. He can accelerate. So and that's special in itself. And then, hey, the throwing is pretty damn special, too. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the throwing, he's gifted. His arm is strong. And, I mean, he can make all the throws and then some. And then has a quick release. I mean, again, his life is getting the ball out of his hands. Quick screens, three-step three, three step drop, boom, 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 all of that. And then does have, you know, a thing that I, again, I'm, I'm big into, and he needs it because of his size. He does have different ways to throw the football. He can throw the ball sidearm awkward, awkwardly and do all those things really at a pretty high level. So that's the things you love about him. You know, I do. So you talk about, you know, again, physical ability. What we talk about in this quarterback list, it's, it's up there at the top of the league as far as pure ability. Decision-making and things of that nature, it, I don't have a whole lot of issues with his decision-making, how he sees the field. He plays it pretty good. Seeing the field, when to run, when not to run, when to create more time, you like all that for him. I like all that. But now we get into some things where I go, okay, pocket, it's not good in the pocket. The more you watch, it's good in the pocket against when it's open and it's free and there's no pressure. And now I can, oh, I want to, hey, I'm, nobody was open and now I'm going to run here. Oh, wait, that guy cut me off. Let me bounce back and now I'll run here. And that's great. It's all good. But 
What you saw as the season went along a little bit, teams teams are getting used to some of these quarterbacks, these fast quarterbacks. I mean, again, you know, they're they're in college, they're in the NFL. These teams are used to it. These NFL teams are being taught how to stop these running quarterbacks, you know, all year long now. It's a it's a thing. It's not just a weekly thing. It's right. literally almost all year long because almost every team has a quarterback. They go, well, well watch out. He can get out of the pocket. We got we got to stay in our lane. We got to do this. So the one thing that I would say is we get into the negatives of him because there's a lot of positives and we we'll bounce back to that. But yes, as you saw, as the season went on, and. People kept him in the pocket. I know he had the ankle injury too, but he still was plenty fast to, to get out of danger and do all that. Keep him in the pocket. Make him make plays within the pocket. It's still a question mark for Kyler Murray, for sure. And again, if the pocket's clean and all good, that's great. But as you know, as we know, there's going to come a three- or four-game stretch where you're going to play some really good defenses, a la the Rams or the 49ers or some of those teams, and they're going to go, wait, we're fast at defense end, and we kind of know how to play the running quarterback, so we're not just going to let you run around, and we're going to be chasing you and all that, and we're going to collapse the pocket, and now you're going to have to stand in there and have people in your face and throw the ball, and you're going to have to take a big hit and know it's coming and still throw the ball, and those are some of the things that certainly are still not up to the t- top-tier guys in the league. That, right. that would thing be a thing that still needs work. It was better this year. It was. Third downs, we talked about last year during the quarterback rankings. I went, man, third downs, he's not very good because of the pocket thing. He was better at that this year, but I think there's still some meat left on the bone as far as improving in that. So let's talk about that playoff game because it wasn't great. It wasn't great at the end of the season for the Cardinals. He was hurt a little bit, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't great for them at all in the playoff game against the Rams. Obviously a very good defensive team. He was just 19-34, 137 yards, no touchdowns, had a couple interceptions, just had six rush yards, a career low in passer rating, so it really was a bad, bad game. It was a bad for, game. For Kyler and Murray I don't want to put it all on him. So, yeah, how much did that game influence your ranking here? Well, I, you, you saw it. See, that game was just the blow-up spot. That, that's where I, I, I'm mad at myself a little to a degree last year. You know, I was saying some of these things towards the end of the year. There were signs that something like what happened in the playoff game could happen. There was signs. Exactly right. You go back to the second second Rams game, the Lions game, uh, what else am I missing? The Colts game, where he had one run, but that was it. But again, we're talking about you know some teams that started to figure out to go. Wait, we're we're gonna keep him in here, and if he beats us in the pocket all day and all that, then fine, so be it. We lose. But there was a concerted effort there, and that's where I think you saw some slippage a little bit as far as that's concerned. So, yes, there was that, but then it got to the Rams again, and now it's the playoffs, and they threw a few other wrinkles at you, and it's the intensity of the playoffs, and the players rise up to the level, you know, another level of play. And, yeah, that's when – and then added to another element of this is – Teams caught on to their offense 100%. That's mm-hmm. an issue. Some of the struggles they have down the stretch are not all on Kyler Murray. Everybody catches on to Cliff Kingsbury's offense. So I think you add all those things we're talking about with a good defense like the Rams who were kind of starting to peak at that time. Right. It showed us on national TV a playoff game. We were like, oh, shit, he's small out there. Whoa. And that's, to me, still the biggest worry question about Kyler Murray. Game's wide open. All that's going to be great. But. When we get to those five or six teams like we're talking about where they go, and they're front four. They can kind of push the pocket, and they can, they're not overwhelmed by his athleticism. Can we go to the next level there? And that, I think, is still the big question for Kyler Murray. So uh, some of these quarterbacks 
Baker Mayfield included. Hard to evaluate because of an injury. Kyler did have an injury last he year. Did. Yep. Had an ankle injury. Right. Uh, Pete notes here, Kyler Murray had the second best odds to win the MVP before he missed those three games yeah. with an ankle injury. Sure. So I think we have the numbers here, Kristen, and I think we got Gabby back there today. There they are. So before and after the ankle injury, before they were 7-1, and one, he was rolling, completing 72% of his passes. Afterwards, the team was 2-5. and five. He completed 64% of his passes. Pass yards per game went down by like 50. So I, I don't know. Who knows if he was playing injured, hurt, didn't run a whole lot in that yeah. playoff game, as we said. Right. So I wonder how much that ankle injury affected him in the second half of the year. I'm sure it did. It, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't perfect, but I can't sit there and say when I watched him back and things and went, oh, man, it's really bothering him. Right. Like. Man, he's usually four three nine, but he's running four seven nine right now. No, I was going. No, he's still running. He didn't. Maybe not running four three nine, but he's running four 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 around the edge. Still here. enough plays he's where still, you yes. went. Wow. He was still. He still took off against the Colts and ran seventy yards down the middle of the field, and the DB caught him at the one inch line. So mm-hmm. he still could go. I, and so that that you know again, did that throw him out of the rhythm? Out of rhythm, certainly. Yeah. But I think what we saw early in the year again goes back to kind of what we were just talking about. They're a team that you know it's talent and playmaking and and you know they kind of go on momentum and but once you start to get, a, I feel like once teams got a little bit of a feel and how to play them and slow them down and we're like, oh wait, if we don't do any stupid mistakes on our side of the ball, let's muck this game up and make it ugly right. and see if they can grind it out and be as tough with us. I feel. Like that's when they started to fall apart. Sure. Green Bay kind of showed that in the game that he got hurt in that you're talking about. That would be one game where it started to mean to where look at and went, ooh, they're kind of keeping him in the pocket there. Rodgers and company didn't make any mistakes. He had a few errant throws where he yeah. threw the ball high, made some bad turnovers, and all of a sudden they were in trouble. But he could had a hard time running that day. Right, they kind of kept him in there, and that started to. I, I feel like a little bit of a, a blueprint right there. And then, of course, yes, he didn't play after that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think they took advantage of some teams early on. And even if it was a little bit of the injury, that becomes part of the evaluation as well. Well, it's part Pete of the size in, combo. In twenty twenty, he played injured second yes. half of the year, the shoulder right and yes, stuff like exactly. that. Right? It was yeah. just some wasn't quite right, right with the throwing. Yep. and so now two years in a row, and so that would become part of the evaluation with Kyler Murray. I, I think that you have to talk about it a little bit. It is, and again, that's why we we've, we've discussed. I know Florio's discussed this. Hey, there's there's definitely a group of teams in football that would not have Kyler Murray as their starting quarterback because of some of these things we talk about. You know, so yes, and then hey, leadership. Hey, that's another area I'd like to see him take another jump in. That's it. You know? That's an interesting topic. Well, you know, me, that's part of this. Let me read something that yeah. JJ Watt said here. Go ahead. When talking about Kyler Murray, who he's gotten to know here, uh, he's a different quarterback, and he knows that he's not the traditional quarterback that you look at either from a personality and media standpoint or from the way he plays the game. I think he knows that he's accepted it, and he embraces that. And so that's interesting. Yeah, I know. J.J. Watt is acknowledging the fact that Kyler is not your typical quarterback as a leader. He doesn't seek out the the spotlight, which might be some players think that is is cool. But he can get surly. He can get quiet. um, And his leadership is atypical for a quarterback. You think he can change. The way J.J. Watt talks is that maybe that's just who he is and he'll never change. Well, maybe it is who he is. He has to find a way to me within who he is to just have a little bit more of an effect on the football team. Like we'll talk about with some guys here today or other guys where, you know, again, he's the man. They're still going to be good. He'll still be good if he continues to approach it the way he wants to. But at some point, just knowing the competitive, if it continues to be 11 and 6, and we he's going to start being an asshole or something. 
and infecting the team to go, wait, 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 what's going on here is not acceptable. I gotta, we got to start fixing things. Whether he has to start yelling at players on the field or yelling at himself on the field, whatever that is, he's got to find that a little bit. Because a vocal to me, leader. He's a not vocal a, leader, yeah. something along those lines, just to, you know, again, you got to have that ability to what, whatever it is to have a feel for your team. Oh, today – I got to we got to step on their throats a little bit. I got to yeah. yell at the guys. That's oh, interesting. T- here's a day where mm, man, I I got to prop us up a little bit. Yeah. Or but but still have an effect. Don't be just, well, I'm going to be quiet and then I'm going to handle business. I'll handle my business. That's great. That's cool. I understand that. And that's really yes, should be good. But we're talking about we might want to pay you $48 million a year and that's, you know, that's the next thing we're expecting here. I that was a good start last week with him being at OTAs cuz he wasn't there the first time around. I think he probably realized that like, wait, why would I do this to myself? Why wouldn't I want to be there? We got some new guys. Not get, why don't I get better? Show the team that I'm not selfish, which to me is a good like, hey, I'm not being paid yet. I deserve to be paid. I should be paid, but I'm here working. I think those those are little things that certainly yeah. can like start going that direction. But again, I don't want Chris Sims to say to Mike Florio, "Hey, why is he not showing up at ATAs?" You know, OTAs, OTAs yeah. I know, and then he has to attack me because <laughs> we didn't talk about that, uh, which we'll get into here in a minute. All yeah. right, but yes, I mean, so that's the big thing. But here's the biggest reason I came to it. All right, and I've already hit on it, but just really to I guess nail it down. You know, we we talked about all the positives, but like. His size, the playing style, doesn't always allow for the big downfield plays. And that goes back to a little bit of the pocket thing. You know, I, don't, I think they're reluctant to call some of those plays at time. As the year went on, you see that you know, there's a lot of attempts and completions for not a lot of yards in a lot of games. And I think a little bit of this, yeah, because you have to play to Kyler Murray. You know, he's not going to stand in there and, oh, wait, the pocket's collapsing. Wait, the post is coming open down the middle. Pat the ball one more time. You're going to get crushed, but it's going to be a touchdown. It's not going to happen. He's going to duck or run or get out of there. He's not going to let you just take the hit. So that gets affected, you know. So there's some of that. The play calling, the natural play itself. Oh, wait, I have a drop back pass. Wait, coach told me to look to the left and the in cut, but if I see the safety be, you know, a little hungry on the in cut, whoa, be alert for the post over the top. Like, not always going to get there because, again, he's, if it's not perfectly clean, he's not going to hang in there and wait for it. Right. And to me, those, that's just the last little negative. And again, I think the other thing to that is sure, certainly Arizona can help him out a little too. With diversity in offense, can their offense help him get better in those areas? I have that question too, but those are my questions about his game. Again, incredible talent, a lot of good things. To me, it's no longer like, is he good? I know he's good. Yeah. We're putting him in the top 10 now because it's like, is he good against the other good? That's where we're at here. We're at the part of the list where it's like, you better be fucking good when you're playing the other good teams too. You can't just be good against, oh, we're way better and now I'm awesome today. And then that's probably where a lot of nitpicking goes a little long with these guys here. So I think this might shock a lot of people out there who didn't see your list until right now, Mm -hmm. that you have Kyler Murray, who you've had in the top 10 before, seven last year, can do all those things, dynamic playmaker, run, throw, and he is one spot behind, who I think might be the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, and clearly you might might see it that way as well. Yeah. Number 11 on your list. That's right. Yeah, look at me dance. Woo. Can't touch us. Do, no, no, no. Derek Carr. And... I mean, you're right. That's the, my 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 
banner statement for Derek Carr is, Carr is the ultimate field general, okay? And then, I mean, he's the ultimate field general in the NFL right now. To me, I think he's the number one sheriff in the league right now. You know, as far as what he does at the line of scrimmage, play after play after play after play, and he and he's he's become a little bit of a jerk, and he'll yell at guys, and you know what the hell are you doing? Or you got to protect like he does all that stuff, you know. And then what I'll throw into it too is just like you know, to your point, what is the negative? Tell me what is the negative about Derek Carr? That's because people love to talk bad about Derek Carr. Can't run like Kyler. Oh, okay. Can't great. make the big play downfield. I think that might that, be the that, perception. That's, that, that's bullshit. That's bullshit because he can make the play down the field, and I would argue he makes the play down the field more than Kyler Murray because of a little bit of what we're talking about here. First off, we're talking about – I say the ultimate field general because I'm talking about the guy that probably has done more at the line of scrimmage than any other quarterback in football over the last two years. He's, like I said – we all worried about, oh, wait, him and John Gruden. Is he going to be tough enough for John Gruden? Can he be enough of a jerk and a field general to, a, to appeal to Gruden? Yes, he can. Answer that question. and No doubt about it. And then, you know, you talk about smarts and decision-making, really damn good. And then you talk about, again, the physical ability. He's got size, he's mobile, and he has a very good arm. Very good arm with a very quick release. So I think when you look at all of that and then some of the things that I think he got better in this last year, that's why he jumped Kyler Murray. And I'll get into some of those things where you know I think he got better. But, Dan, when you come away from it, you really start to look and you go, well, there's, there's really not a lot of negatives with this guy at all. It's just like, is he as good as maybe some of the other guys in some of the other areas? Okay, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, he's not. Obviously, some of them, yes. But – Man, everything else, pinpoint accuracy, can put the ball in the tight windows, can get the hand, ball out of his hands quickly, can change the play at the line of scrimmage, stands in the pocket and plays tough and throws balls down the field for big-time game-changing plays. You know, Guys are hurt and falling and arrested and everybody's going to jail. It doesn't matter. Derek Carr still throwing for 70% and moving the ball down the field. Legally, we need to say not all the not Raiders all. were going oh to God. jail. Thank you for protecting me. So, I mean, he's... The best player on their team. He's really fucking good. I mean, and look at those all numbers. We respect it. Yes. From last year. Right. Fifth best completion percentage, fifth most passing yards, seventh in passing yards per attempt. So they were going no down. No marquee receiver. Exactly. Not and a real Waller good running was, game. Waller was hurt for a exactly. big part of the year. Right. Yeah, running game wasn't as dynamic. Exactly right. And then here you go. You know, here's some here's some down the field throws. So if you're listening here, you're seeing the first seven games, the completion per attempt. Uh, this is when they had rugs. Yeah, that's when they had rugs and John Gruden. Let's not forget Gruden's a big part of. Hey, hey, let's call this player. I can get this guy open downfield. So when they had rugs, they were going downfield very successfully, and it wasn't like they stopped doing it in the last ten. This the yardage no, wasn't, wasn't bad. quite there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the weapons weren't there. Hunter Renfro, he's developed him into one of the sure-handed slot receivers out there. Where I don't think we would have thought that going into the year um but but you're right and you know you had him 18 in 2019 you had him 19 in 2020 you had him 14 last year now he makes the jump to 11 and this is a guy who's entering year nine I think that's atypical I I think you probably rarely do that where you have a guy who after six years in the league you have him in the 18 range I think for the most part usually they stay there yeah you've seen you've seen a lot you're right but this is I, I would venture to say maybe 
there are many quarterbacks that you've seen go all the way up to maybe almost in your top ten no. this late in their career. No, you haven't. And and but but I will say if people go back and listen to some of the things I said when he was eighteen, and I just said, yeah. man, he's he's got more talent than that. He's better than that. You know, one of my big complaints about him was lack of aggressiveness mm-hmm. being a little trying to be a little too perfect with the football right go would you just fucking throw the laser in there and stop trying to hit it exactly on the bullseye just throw it in there so he can catch and run and it'll be gone he played and made decisions and made throws with so much more conviction this year i there was, it was literally i was in like game four of all of his throws and i've gone I think he's made more laser throws in the first four games of the year than he did the last two years combined. Hmm. It was like he – I, I felt like a proud dad. I was like, I, maybe he listened to me. Maybe he was like, fuck it, I'm going to listen to Sims, and if it's tight over the middle, I'm just going to throw it as hard as I can and get it in there. And it, it changed their offense and made them more dangerous. He left less yards on the field. You know, I'm big on that too. You know, I mean, what was there to be had? There were a lot of the years and years past. I'd go, yes, he got the 40-yard completion, but he threw it like a wimp, and the guy had to stop and catch it and only got 42 yards, where it should have been a slam dunk, 80-yard walk-in touchdown. None of that shit got left on the field this year. That's where I think he went to, you know, the the next level. A lot of throws of like, ooh, there's not really anybody open. Damn, he put it in a tight window. Sure. You know me, I, I grade that stuff a little bit more favorably maybe than other people's. And then in the pocket, too. That's the other thing. The motherfucker is tough. You know, I'm saying I'm talking like this because I get a little sick of like people crapping on Derek Carr all the time, honestly. Even Raider fans. I know. I know. Maybe especially Raider fans. And I get sick of it. And I want to go, he's the best player on your team. Who's better than him on your team? Max Crosby, maybe. Okay, Darren Waller, yeah, right. But he's definitely like on the Mount Rushmore of your football team. And you can win a Super Bowl with this guy. You can do that. And that's where I think I get a little frustrated with it. But like in the pocket, tough, people bearing down on him, boom, doesn't matter. You know, he does have the ability to throw with different arm angles. The other thing you too you realize too is how much he, you know, gets to the top of the drop. They did not have great pass protection, as you mentioned, or a run game this year. And how many times he kind of runs up in the pocket and he's pump faking and he's like gonna run oh and then he's like oh wait there is somebody and he throws the ball as he's kind of running up and just about to hit the line of scrimmage i mean holy shit there's four or five of those in every game so i i just i have a lot of respect for the adjustments the guy made in his career not only personality wise but i think he's made some physical adjustments that have made him better to where mm. i mean there's no doubt if you know if Tom Brady retires, he's a top ten quarterback. But Tom Brady stayed, so he's staying at eleven. <laughs> all right, and that's he yeah. can he can talk to Tom about that. <laughs> it, there's a lot of people that will want to put team success on the quarterback. We do that all the time. Right. We do that from time to time. Sure. Um, they almost beat the Bengals. Well, that's in the what I mean. Nobody wants to give him, but not him. Yeah. Like, well, we want to give the quarterback for all the six, but for some teams, the Raiders. Let's find yeah. somebody else to talk about. Why right. Carr? Yeah, he's kind of a nerd. You know, he's not that cool. So yeah. it's just just because you don't swear I know. doesn't mean you're not cool. <laughs> exactly. You're living proof. We know that. <laughs> he's go. got great Maybe touch. Other proof out there. He's got great touch. I mean, yep. how many throws can he make blitzed people in his face and he tosses a 30-yard crosser that touches the moon and falls right in his receiver's lap? You know, the release, that's the other thing too. The ability to just boom and get the ball. His release is it's up there with the quickest in football. Uh, so there, there's like a lot to like about the guy physically, 
the mental part of it, the leadership part, effect of the team. It, he has a real effect on the team. They yeah. love him. Devontae Adams came there for one reason, Derek well, Carr. Well, that's the thing, too. You, go. A lot of yeah. people, when you make your list of, and you have Tom Brady at 35, no, never that <laughs> but when you have him down in the top 10, yeah. people say, well, there's more to Tom Brady than just the quarterback. It's yeah. who he can recruit there, which is true. Sure. But, hey, Derek Carr just recruited Devontae Adams. They knew each other in college. And, actually, you read back on some of the stuff David Carr was talking about uh, this on NFL Network, I think. Right. Or maybe it was on the Rich Eisen show on Peacock. <laughs> uh, about how they've been trying to make this deal happen for, for five, five years. years because right? Devontae yeah. Adams fell in love with Derek Carr when he took his recruiting visit back at Fresno State. And so he's just as good. I mean, you t- there's not many players out there that are going to say a bad thing about Derek no, Carr. No, no, there's not. I mean, he, Khalil Mack was his best friend. You know, I don't. You know, he's not as nerdy as everybody thinks he is. That, yeah. That's where he's he, he's very secure in who he is. He, exactly. Right? That's he's the point. He's like he you. Be, he exactly. owns it. He knows who he is. I don't swear. <laughs> right. I go home. I'm kind of boring. <laughs> I, I think you are at least. It seems that way. Yeah. And and yes, but he he is as who he is. He's very comfortable in that. Yeah. He says that. He said it to me early on in his career. You know, and he yeah. Listen, he early in his career, he showed the ability to be this guy, and then he he did. He fell off for a few years. I think he got a little. Yeah, he had some bad coaching. I think he got a little careful playing the position. A little. He has found the right mix of being, you know, on the field general, aggressive, push the ball down the field. Oh wait, this game I got to take care of it and be a little more surgical. He's got it. And like you said, they were there in Cincinnati with not the same time of talent the Bengals had, and he was jamming a ball into the two yard line and almost there to to win a football game or at least tie it or was to win it. It was to win it, right? You have a better memory. Than- me, I but they were win. close. I don't know. Yeah. There, I know there was a whistle that happened randomly during play, and that yeah, threw things that off. Did too. happen? Made the game weird. Uh, so the final thing with Derek Carr, like the big thing going into this year, I guess, is how will the change in coaches affect him? And you know Gruden very well. You know Josh McDaniels very well. Um, one of the things that McDaniels did, the first player he called apparently yeah. was Derek Carr, and so and he said, "You're our guy." And he said that Derek Carr said it was the first time really in a while that the coaching staff has been like, you're our guy. Because Gruden said, like, he's our guy, he's great. Except but it was always like, maybe there's we something better. We might draft better. Kyler Murray. Yeah, we exactly. might draft this guy. Yeah, I there mean, could be something better. We'll keep our eyes out well, for that. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that, that, to me, is part of this. And this is – I wrote this down. I mean, picked on too much, all right? And, yes, ex-coach didn't do him any favors there. You know, I don't feel like it, last season was the first offseason I feel like we went into where it was legitimately the Raiders finally gave up on the cryptic we might replace Derek Carr talk, right? Because yep. he played really good in 2020, too. You know, so that they backed off finally. And then, of course, this. I think it's going to be awesome with the McDaniels. Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated, the one reporting that uh, conversation with McDaniels and Carr. Tripod 2X yeah. said, would you consider McDaniels a big upgrade over Gruden play caller-wise? Mm, I, I'm not going to say it's a huge upgrade. I do think it's an upgrade. What's, I, different? I think, What's different about them? Well, I feel like John is going to wire you more to be like, do things at the line of scrimmage. Almost bail him out to a degree. Like, if we're in this formation, I've given you an answer for everything. Just when we're off at the line of scrimmage, fucking figure it out and get to the right play. Like, that's a little more of that. Yeah. McDaniels is going to be a little bit like, I got a play for you that works against all the fucking plays they got, except for one. And if they run this one defense, then I need you to check out of it. But if you just listen to me and how I coach this play, this play will work against all the defenses they play this week. 
and that's where it's a little different. I think it's going to be a little bit more friendly and easy for Derek Carr. Hmm. You know, he's got to learn some of the offense, and the there's definitely. I mean, he's probably like, wait, you guys call the formation this, and he's probably like, because it's a totally different like language, totally. So, but once he learns that. I think he's going to find that, wait, I can just go to the line of scrimmage and like just run the play. I don't have to worry about it. Like coach told me, okay, it's cover four. Now I got to read it this way. Oh, it's cover two. I got to read it a little differently because the coach said, okay, okay, I got it. Where Gruden had been like, you know, it's cover four. All right, check to this play. Oh, wait, no, they went to cover two. Now check to the other cover two play. You know, Z, bingo, you split, and you're doing all that. He's not going to have to do that as much. So it'll be a little easier on him as far as just the uh, – on the field mechanics. Sure. Mentally, it's still going to be a lot of thinking and things you got to worry about in the huddle and everything like that. But I do think this is going to be an upgrade and a good thing. And he's exactly what Josh McDaniels wants. I mean, that's to me. I mean, McDaniels has him, you know, Waller and Devontae Adams. It's like his version of Brady Gronk and, and Julian Edelman. Mm. If and, you want to make a bold prediction. Yeah. You could predict Derek Carr leads the NFL in passing yards this year. Ooh. I saw that out there somewhere. I think it was NFL.com. I'm not sure if I believe in their receiving core quite yet to go there. And I do think McDaniels will get them back to the run game, mm. which could hurt maybe his passing yard stats. McDaniels isn't going to like be cool with, like, not yet in year one where he's going to be like, we're going to be like Brady in 2007 and we'll just throw it 48 times right. a game. I don't think it'll be there yet. He'll try to run a more balanced attack, but I'm excited for what both of those guys, what all of those guys could do there yeah. uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Points bet says that he has the seventh best odds of leading the NFL, in, which would be a step back from last year when he was fifth. He's tied with Dak and Joe Burrow mm. for odds to lead the league in passing yards. We'll see. So yeah. it would be a bold prediction. But uh, maybe that running game will be a little bit better. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few... The proud, the Marines. I think this is so interesting that you have Derek Carr one spot ahead of Kyler Murray and one spot behind our next guy. We're into the top 10 of We're the Chris there. Sims top 40. Number 10. Number 10, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Hey, I mean, again, I didn't go into this thing thinking he was going to be number 10 either. I didn't. I knew he wasn't going to be top five or had a pretty good feel he wouldn't be top five. He was five in 2020. He was six last year. Yes. And, and again, not that last year was bad, but it wasn't his best year. There's no doubt about it. Hey, bottom line is this is still the most electrifying quarterback in the NFL. Period. The most. I think he's the most electrifying. When you just talk about the running and throwing and everything there, I don't know if there's more of a like game-by-game -game highlight watch than Lamar Jackson. I know some of the guys at the top of the list are, are, are you know, the great quarterbacks there. They're, they're pretty fun to watch, too. But, damn, I mean, come on. You see things with this guy that you don't see with other people, first off. And here's the other thing where I think people miss. Like, yeah, we talk about physical ability, decision-making, leadership, pocket presence. Those are my four things we're talking about here. First off, the physical ability is off the charts good. And don't just come at me with, like, oh, just his legs. No. His arm is – that's just the thing. When you go back and watch him, too, you just go, holy shit, his arm is amazing. 
He has an incredible arm, incredible arm strength, and really incredible accuracy. I mean, when he sees it and knows that's where he wants to throw, he hits the target. He does and does all that. The other thing that's amazing about him, you know, throwing with sexiness or flair, the sidearms, the awkward throws, damn, he's up there with the best in football at that. I mean, he's, he's like Rodgers a few years ago or Allen or Mahomes now. I mean, they, they throw – I mean, it's almost like half the throws are sidearm, you know, because they're, they're moving or in some awkward position, and it's just – it's natural to them. They don't even think about it. So they just go, well, i got to get it through there. Boom, let me do that. So that's where I think people don't give him his respect. You know, his arm is strong. He is accurate. The problem this year, okay, why he falls a little bit is – he didn't see the field or make decisions as well as he did in years past. There's no doubt about that. And maybe that's because, yeah, you know, they had some injuries and they couldn't run the ball. There was a little more on his plate. But I think you know, the one thing that jumped out to me, and especially as the year went along, is he, he got greedy. And that's why I think you saw more mistakes. You saw more balls and incompletions and balls hit the ground. And I think it was a little bit because he was trying to make big plays and things happen just a little too much to where you just go, man, if you just played it by the book a little bit more, kind of, listen, Tyler Huntley, that's what he did at the end of the year, and that's why it looked good. He played it by the book a little bit. You know, his talent is not Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So you just go, wait, wait, Lamar, can you just play it by the book a little bit and then throw a splash of your magic on there? Yeah. Damn. You'll, you guys will be even better. But, that's you hard know, to do sometimes. It is you're hard like, to do when you're that that's talented. That's all you need me to do. That's I know. all you need me to do. I know. That's all you need me to do. I know. But you know what it is. It's, it's all you need me to do. That's all you need me to do. Oh, there, this is all. Oh, wait, i got to do something. Yeah. I mean, it's the NFL. Every third play is going to, you better do something pretty much. So, yes, I think that's the big thing that I took away from the year more than anything last year. He really went through a spell of bad decisions, and some errant throws, but I didn't look at the throws and going, oh, he's losing control of the ball. A lot of the errant throws, I just went, well, he's throwing the ball into a tight window or there's three people there and he's realizing it as he's throwing it and then he's got to like try to throw it in the ground or throw it out of bounds or, you know, he does throw it, the ball bounces in the air. But he was a less lesser of a decision maker, a little too forceful and, and maybe, uh, you know, I don't want to say selfish, but... You know, just looking for the big play a little too much this year. Missed some time with an ankle injury uh, last year. He's been relatively healthy. But, Pretty I mean, much, takes right. a beating. Uh, maybe more than any other quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it's amazing. Josh Allen's up there, too. It's but. amazing, yeah. There, there are guys when you watch the games and you go, damn, I, I, he, he lowered his shoulder seven times this game. I mean, that that's where, you know, it's it's really impressive. Um, the other thing, too, we got to talk about when you talk about the positives of him. I mean, he's up there again with what you talk about, the effect on the team, leadership of the team. Yeah. Then he's special. I feel like most of the team will eat out of his hand like a, like a baby bird. I mean, he's, he's the man. He's an urban legend. He's a real legend. He's whatever. Yep. So that is real, too. The Ravens think they can win every game. They walk in the field. One, they're the Ravens, and they think they're the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. But yeah. then the other thing is they have Lamar Jackson, and they go, yeah. he's going to pull it out. He'll win it for us. To the point where maybe they haven't surrounded him with enough talent. Cause they That's going to that, be a well, question. We'll just beef up our offense. You know, sure. they're like the big dudes. They drafted him again this year in the I NFL know. draft. I know. It's like they're in love with them, and they, we go, we got the quarterback. He can make stuff happen. They don't have Hollywood Brown anymore. He's with Kyler now, uh, college teammates. So they have Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay. James Proche? Yeah, Proche. Proche. Yeah. yeah. And Tylen Wallace. Proche's from the Chiefs. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Tylen Wallace is an Oklahoma State guy who's, you know, was a middle-round guy. Yes, I mean, listen, this is something they're going to have to deal with. I think they're going to have to be one of those teams that might have to just draft a receiver every year in the draft. Like, we talk about good running teams that might have to draft a running back every year. Yeah. Because, I don't know, again, yeah, they're, they're centered around their run game, and Lamar's going to make plays. And, of course, hey, Lamar went in trouble. He's going to look to run a lot. He's been able to get out of trouble like that his whole life. Why, why would he change now? So, yes, the big free agent wide receivers of the world are not going to be beating the door down to go to Baltimore. Definitely not. So, hopefully, within – I think that's why they're collecting tight ends. And then they got, you know, some young weapon-like receivers that they're going to make that kind of work that way. Right. Maybe then worrying about let's always go out and get the $20 million a year receiver in free agency. I think they're going to do it a little, little bit of a different way, it seems like. So Prochet did not come over from the Chiefs. He oh, was, was a sixth-round pick by Baltimore in 2020. Oh, that's who Prochet. I know that. I didn't know how to pronounce his name no, I'm two minutes ago, but somebody. now I know that. Yeah, okay, uh, no, good. Pete, Pete good. helped us out with yeah, that. Yeah, good job, Pete. Uh, so, 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 yeah. So wait, I want to say one more thing here. I know where you're going to go. I think you're going to go. You can read my mind now. Say well, your one more thing. Well, no, go ahead. Right. Well, you know what? So I said all those stuff with leadership. Yes. And why he's your the leader, man. Your leader needs to be there, you think, too. And I, that leads me to lead you to say the next part. <laughs> Which leads me to take a look at what you said yeah. with Mike Florio. This was last week, Pete. This was last week when this all went down. Uh, I think we have a clip of you talking about Lamar Jackson missing OTAs. And I've heard Lamar Jackson say he wants to win Super Bowls. He wants to win a bunch of Super Bowls. I mean, I think there was a time where he was like, I want to be like Brady. He remember him saying that early in his career. Well, Brady wouldn't be missing OTAs in year four of his career. I just That's where I want to say to some of these young quarterbacks. They always I hear like, oh, I want to be like Brady. I want to have a career like Brady. Well, then do what Brady does. Brady didn't miss an OTA until he had played in four Super Bowls and, you know, started to get married and then started to miss a few OTAs. But then things didn't go that great in 2010 and 11 and 12. And you know what he started doing? I'm going to be back at OTAs. I'm going to get a little bit better and we need this. That's where just from the football standpoint, I, I just don't get it. I don't at all. All right. Pretty good rant. I like that rant. And uh, Lamar did not like that rant. Someone posted it on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and then he res- he quote tweeted it, so it gave you more your comments, more publicity. Thank you should you. like that. Thank you. Uh, Lamar Jackson said, "Lamar wants to be Lamar, Chris. This part of OTAs is voluntary. My guy. Oh, so you are his guy. That's cool. To know. I hope so. I will be there, just not on your watch. It's probably other quarterbacks not attending voluntary OTAs either. But since it's Lamar, it's a huge deal. Find something else to talk about. Emoji eye roll. Your response to his response well, to you. I send him a response on Twitter." You know, I, first off, I hope he knows I like him. I mean, you know me long enough to me. I'm, I'm what, how many times a year am I sitting on here sticking up for Lamar going, it's not Lamar's fault or Lamar throws the ball plenty good. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. He know he's got to know that. I'm the guy that was saying like, you should be the top quarterback drafted or one of the top ones. You should be a quarterback. So I hope he understands. I was saying it more from a place of like, I'm rooting for you. And I want you to be there because I think it's the best thing. I know I don't know what's best. I know. Yeah, I'm a guy. Again, I'm just talking head on TV. But I've been around the league for a long time. And I grew up in it. And to me, yes, the best thing he could do for himself, his team, everything, is to be there. There's no doubt. That's just the way I feel about it. Do I respect his decision not to be there? I do. Do I, I, I'm not, I'm not like sitting here going, well, I don't think he's working. I know he works. I know he loves football. 
But there's just only so many opportunities you get to be with your team. And, oh, we got a new, you got some new guys. Marquise Brown is in there. you got young receivers you just talked about who most people don't even know of, right? So that's where I want to go. That's where it's important. And you're Lamar freaking Jackson. You're the leader of that team. And I'm going to talk about you because you're Lamar freaking Jackson. And you're the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the sport. So, of course, we're going to talk about you. You know, I didn't like that he said that at the end. I want to be like, well, yeah, but but you're the man. And we've talked about every other quarterback who hasn't been at OTAs either. So that's where I, I tweeted back at him. I don't know if we have the tweet or not. But either way. It's I basically could, what you just said I basically now. just said that. Yeah. And, and again, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I do. But uh, I do think that he needs to be there. I do. Right. I, 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 and, and again, I know people are going, well, he, needs to, he, need, he can't go until he gets paid and gets a contract. They're trying to give him a contract. He won't talk to it. So that you, that argument doesn't work all the way. You know, if you're if they're trying to give you a contract and you won't talk about it or do it, like they're trying to give you the financial security. And I from all due accounts, I don't think they're trying to screw him over. They're trying to pay him right in the market he should be in. So that's where I just I push back again. Again, it comes from a place of love. I really do mean that. Yeah, I got. I, I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, you, I you, really am. You'd love him to jump up back into the top five, be the number one quarterback. No doubt, you know, and he has he has a, a, all that ability to do that stuff. It's yeah. just it's just um, again, last year, you know, was not his best year. He's got incredible talent. We know that, but yes, I thought decision making, um, being a little too greedy and forcing balls, it cost them. It cost them some games. It cost them some points and some moments of where they can control games because, you know, he just wasn't quite on his game in, in that department. Yep. Uh, we do have your tweet now. Yeah, we, can uh, we show do. It. Oh, it was basically what, you, basically what you yeah. said here. Uh, all good, my man. You be you. I'm reading your words right now. I'm rooting for you. Yes, I would like to see you at OTAs, but you got to do what's best for you. Not singling you out. We have discussed all quarterbacks who have not attended OTAs. You are Lamar freaking Jackson. Of course, we're going to talk about you. Did he like that tweet? I don't know. I don't think he did. Pete, did he like that tweet? I think it's a good tweet. He should have liked it. I'm sick. I'm a little sick of the athlete of like, why are you talking about me? I'm doing great. Wait, why are you talking about me? I'm not doing great. Uh, Be quiet. I'm not doing great. Shut up. Don't talk about me. I'm kind of sick of that. I am like just I'm kind of sick of the athlete taking that angle like that's this whole business it's around because people talk it's about just you gotten and if an, you're a I star know. people are going to talk about you more good and bad and when yeah. he says find something else to talk about clearly he did not listen to our podcast or the beginning of this podcast when we talked about chest hair uh, for the first five minutes right at that point maybe he would say again find something else we're to talk very about. diverse we're very like well last week like here's another one that pissed me off last week like mike trout right with the whole fantasy football yeah the tommy, tommy fam slapping jock peterson yeah, worst and, fantasy football and my, you know they like, now mike trout it's finally his day to talk and answer some questions well i think you guys are making a big deal about we're a bigger deal no 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 we're not a guy got fucking slapped in the outfield of a baseball game over fantasy football. Yeah. Shut up. We're paying attention to it. Yeah. Like, stop. I, it's like it's a new athlete disease right now. Like, only talk to me when it's really good. If it's not, ignore it and just gloss over it. Which and is why Jock, me but crazy. Jock Peterson did what you want him to it do. He did. Exactly He was right. like, all right, you got slapped out there. He very easily could have been like, oh, you guys are making well, yeah, like, yeah, Don't yeah. worry about it. It's between two people. He opened up. <laughs> he opened up his phone. He's he like showing, showing the, the gifts that he said. I sent him this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I get it. Which but I, I appreciate. It, it does feel like a personal attack. And Eric Burns said this to me one time, yeah. a former baseball player. And the idea for journalists always is don't make it personal. 
You know, you can you can crit- criticize a guy's play, but don't make it personal. And his argument was, well, to a player, it's all personal. Right? I, if you're going to criticize my play, it's, it it, you're going to take it personally. And so we get it. You know, Lamar is going to take everything that we say personally. But but you you said it. it's it, you're a superstar. You're going to get that left and right. Yes. One more thing to show you here. Um, would you have moved him up in your ranking if you had seen this video before? You made the ranking. So I think this is on the internet here. I haven't Kristen, seen this Kristen, if we got yet. it. Do we have this one? On his knees, 50 yards through the air, boom. Yeah. I. It, hey, it's, it's uh, yeah, Pete's going to Kyler Bowler special. That's what got Kyle, Bo- Kyle Bowler drafted before me, except he was, did this and threw it through the goalpost. Oh, so even longer he than 50. He threw it 60-something, right. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, Lamar's got a gifted arm. We know that. I've talked about it. I don't think this is really anything special. I don't. I mean, I I think that every quarterback in the top ten we have here can throw the ball fifty yards from a knee, right? I mean, I I, I no doubt about it. And uh, well, he's two is he goes he's even two two is not in the top ten. He yeah, hasn't anyone made in the it top there 10. yet? Anybody in the top ten? I maybe would that's what we should do next year. Pretty it's much like, argue that to be yeah. in the top ten of the Chris Sims quarterback. Got to send us some video got, evidence, <laughs> a video evidence of you on the 50 yard line throwing from your knee. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, exactly. But yeah, I would think most could do it. I would think some of like, you know, the really big arm guys, you know, you get into some of those special yeah. guys. I would think for sure we're going 60 plus. Well, for yeah. Sure. Didn't Herbert do that a couple years ago? Wasn't there a video with Herbert? Herbert doesn't, 60, like 60, I think, 60 plus. Knee? I do. I think so. Yeah. Those that kind of guy, they, they can throw it as far as they want. And as you mentioned with Kyle Bowler does not necessarily, you know, doesn't mean that mean that you will have quarterbacks. Definitely in not. The NFL no. uh, Ravens could have a pretty good chance of, uh, of competing this year. They got a pretty good team, even though the weapons around Lamar might not be great. They figured out a way. Greg Romans, they said they're changing some things up. And he, too, kind of said in his media, he's well, like, there's 20% of our playbook that's new. That'd be nice if Lamar was here to, to help implement uh, well, it. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. Yes, because there, that was another, first off, Harbaugh going, you'll have to ask Lamar. And Greg Roman going, yes, there are things to learn. Those are their ways of going, yes, he needs to fucking be here. We'd like to, but we can't really say that because of the NFL CBA. He'll send a mean tweet to us. I also, I also think that's why he responded to me. I mean, if you really like made me be psychological about it, I go, I struck a nerve. He knows I'm right. He doesn't like it, so it pissed him off, and he tweeted back at me. But that would be my psychological review. Well, so he he didn't like that I held him to his words and some of the things he said about Brady early on in his career. Uh, he needs to get there. I want him to be there. Like I said, not for me, because of him. I want him to be there and be the best he could be. Because like you said, the Ravens are still a Super Bowl team and a major player in the AFC. Lamar is a former MVP back in 2019. Who knows? Maybe he could win it again. Our friends over at PointsBet have the odds for former MVP winners. Uh, Who could win it again? Patrick Mahomes, the favorite of these names right there at plus 700. Then you got Tom Brady below him. Aaron Rodgers, third, and Lamar Jackson, fourth at plus 1,800, ahead of Matt Ryan, and ahead of Cam Newton at plus 50,000. (laughs) <laughs> who made who made the list? Yeah, does not have don't, a team right now. That's not going to happen. Sorry, so don't bet your dollar. Know, one dollar, one dollar, you could win fifty thousand dollars. A waste of a dollar. <laughs> All right, um, that's interesting. You got Mahomes and and Jackson there as yeah. the two young guy MVP repeats, and then Brady, Rogers, and Ryan, the old man repeats there. So that'll be uh, interesting to see. What would be the best value mm. there? I mean, I could see like. Matt Ryan might be in one where you waste a few dollars mm. on because like that could be a team where we go, 
well, the Colts are 13-4. and four. Matt Ryan threw for 4,000 yards, and he threw for 34 touchdowns and six interceptions this yeah. year. Like, to where you'd go, okay, I know he's not, like, the best quarterback in football, but he had the best season this year. Let's make it – like, that to me would be the value one. That, He'd that have I'd the story. At. I think people would jump exactly. on that story. Exactly right. That's a, it lines up that way. You yeah, know, again, it's going to be like, you know, Brady and Matt Stafford the last two years where people are going to love that, and you're going to have a lot of attention on it. All right, so if you want to throw a dollar on someone, don't do it on Cam. Do it on Matt Ryan right now. You can do that over at PointsBet right huh, now, Chris. I've heard of them. They're kind of a big deal around <laughs> Last here. Last pod, you said they paid you $7 million $7 to talk million, about dollars, a few more pods, and I'm done and I'm retiring <laughs> yes. because of PointsBet, all right? <laughs> if you're in an eligible state, PointsBet has a sign-up offer for unbuttoned listeners that you can't miss. Download the PointsBet app. Use code NBC2K to sign up and get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So say you bet $100 on Lamar to win the MVP. If you win, you will get $1,800. But if you lose, you will still get free bets worth $100. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. And one day you, too, if you read that, could earn $7 million. Uh, There's a lot of discussion on our next quarterback, how many millions he was going to earn with Uh a contract extension. That is all done now. He is the, the quarterback for the present and future of this team. I don't want to give it away. Number nine in you your top did. You almost going to read his name. In might the, as well. There he is, my guy right there. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Still a phenomenal football player. Again, I think like the one thing that comes to my mind when I talk about Dak Prescott or watch him is just I, I, the tough, toughness. I just think about physical, mental toughness. Like, to me, Dak Prescott is towards the top of football in those departments, let alone we know, yes, he's got a lot of ability. I mean, he does. First off, his mobility and his ability to run is a real thing. It's a real part of his game. It wasn't as big last year, I think, because of some of the injuries. But whether it's scrambling or a few quarterback design runs, like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. He's a, he's a, he's a, a, a son of a bitch to deal with, okay? So that's an issue there, all right? Then you talk about, you know, the pocket part of him. This is to me where he is very special. Dak Prescott is up there in the discussion as far as being the best, like I'm under pressure, the pockets collapsing quarterbacks in all of football. He's unaffected by it. He can stand there with people hitting him and grabbing him and still make throws down the field because he's such a big, strong human being. It doesn't affect his decision-making when the pocket's closing in. He's not like, oh, gosh, let me find the short throw just to get it out of my hand. He still stands in there and like gets a little, oh, wait, he's not going to kill me yet. He's going to kill me in a half a second. Hold on, let me throw it. Oh, I got killed. Hey, but I got a completion to C.D. Lamb. That, to me, is where he is special. He did not have his best year. There's no doubt about that. It was not. But still, franchise quarterback, difference maker, beautiful deep ball thrower, right? But I will say, you know, did not have his best year throwing. Right. I think that's one thing I look at. The ball got away from him a lot, especially down the stretch of the season. A lot of balls thrown high and off the target that way. Has a very over-the-top motion. He does not throw many balls off ang- or different arm angles or sidearm or that. That really doesn't exist in his game. So that's not one of his pluses. But, you know, that to me was one thing that I came back from the year to go, well, you know, it wasn't maybe his best year as far as decision-making, 
Uh, but it wasn't bad. I think where he left, you know, a lot of plays and throws on the on the field a little bit it was just purely from his throwing. His arm strength is good, but out of these quarterbacks that are in the top ten, it's it's towards the bottom. In fact, out of the quarterbacks we talked today, I think it's it's the bottom. I would probably I would say Derek Carr's arm is stronger than than Dak Prescott's. Mm. So for an NFL star quarterback, he's got the least power arm out of the group, in my opinion. But man, he does a lot of good things on the football field. That's for sure. The big question last year, coming into the year, was his ankle, his ankle injury. Yep. How would it respond? How would he play? It held up pretty well. He did have a calf injury though, and so I think Pete, we have some numbers before and after yep. uh, the calf injury. And so before they were five and one, he was averaging three hundred yards per game. Afterwards. 263 so you you do wonder I wonder how much that affected him I know I I do too you know again you know early in the year I think they kind of feasted on some teams that were finding their way you know to a degree all right but the the injury it definitely hey we were talking about Deshaun Watson early yeah yeah he missed a game and I think he couldn't practice for two weeks and he came back and he never really found his mojo again he did not you know, and, it and was it, obvious too. Even Cowboy was. fans were like, "Oh, what's wrong?" No, with that? it wasn't. You know, again, you go go to the Broncos game and on. And I know there's some good statistical games there down the stretch. But again, what I would go is he feasted on the poor in some of those good statistical games. Yeah, all right. They had the great day against the Raiders. Sure, you know the Falcons. They completely overmatched them. People were wide open. You could have put almost any quarterback in the league in there, and they would have had good stats that day. You know, they blew up the Washington football team when they were having fights on the sideline and being totally dysfunctional and playing like shit. And then he had huge stats and a meaningless game at the end of the year against the Eagles. You just take away the Washington Eagles game at the end of the year and you go, you're missing 10 touchdowns and like 1,000 yards against teams that just the game didn't matter. Um, So the stats are a little misleading that way. But to your point, when he came back from the injury, that is the thing I I think we saw is missed throws, a lot of misplays and throws on the field, and even to the extent like we talked about where you'd go, yeah, this was complete, but it should have been way bigger than this. But because it was off target, the guy had to slide to the ground or catch it and all that. And, hey, don't forget here, you know, as good as the year was statistically in that too, think about down the stretch. The offense and defense was having a competition about who scored more touchdowns and the defense was winning for like a number of weeks they were not that great on the offensive side of the ball and he was not throwing the ball all that great himself they just got a little lucky to play some lesser teams down the stretch that you know helped them get in the playoffs and maybe look make their offense look a little better than it was yeah nine of the Cowboys 12 wins came against non-playoff teams last year and if it wasn't for the defense which was awful in 2020 yeah I mean, who knows? Maybe they're not a playoff team. Maybe they don't win um, the Helped division. Them down the stretch, that's so, for sure. So here's the question. The NFC East is so weird yeah. every year just because it hasn't been good and teams that, that have gotten good haven't stayed that way. Right. The question that Pete posts here, can Dallas be the first NFC East team since 2004 to repeat as division champs? That's amazing that they haven't had a repeat division champ winner since then. It's insane. I would say no. That mm. would be my, you know... Two cents there. Start with Tampa on NBC. Bengals at Giants, Monday Night Football, and then Washington Commanders, and then at Rams. I know. So, hey, first two are going to be tough. 
Giants aren't going to be the same football team. I will be there that night at Giants Monday Night Football Week You're 3. You're going to be there? I'm going. I've never taken my kids to a Giants game. We're oh, going. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So oh, I'm, that's going to be pumped. awesome. I'm pumped for that right Where there. Where are you going to sit? I don't know yet. I haven't got the tickets yet. That's sweet. I know right. a guy that has connections with the Giants. Yeah. I should be able to pull it off. Yeah. Yes. Would you want to be in a suite or do you want to be oh, uh, no, no, somewhere never, in seats? Oh, no, no. Never. I want to be in the thick of things yeah. and... Y- yelling and and pete's gonna be there too yeah but yes i want to be in i I was never a sweet guy i want to be in the crowd yeah and feeling the energy of the stadium a sweet you feel cool i've been in it a couple of times yeah it's cool it is just for a work thing you go there while you're covering a game you got you get caught in conversations in a suite you can't lock into the game exactly right Stadium in the middle of the stadium. Yeah, you might have a guy every now and then. And it's like, hey, Sims, what do you think about that play? And I go, that's a <laughs> right. stupid call. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, for the most part, you're right. You're not going to get in real serious conversations. You get to feel the energy of the stadium. Yeah. That's what I want. And uh, yeah, that'll be a good one. Giants, Cowboys be pretty damn good. That's interesting. So if you're on the clock, and I've thought of this a couple different ways, yeah. too, with uh, your quarterback ranking, we talk about it of this quarterback is on an average team. I also think about it. This is the way the USFL did it this year is that their first round was just all quarterbacks. It was just you have to pick a quarterback here. So if you really were building a team from scratch in round number one, you just the rule was you had to pick a quarterback. What order would these guys go in? And that's basically what you're doing here. here. Exactly right. You're right. And it's interesting to me with the year that Dak had last year, a little concerning at the end of it, that if he's sitting there and Lamar's sitting there and you're on the clock, you see all those things Lamar can do. You're pulling the trigger for Dak. I know. I know. It, it is. It's a, it's a tough one there. It's a, like nitpicky. You know, even the guy I got in front of Dak, that was a, that was a tough deci- decision too. But I came down to one thing a little bit there with even though Lamar's playmaking ability is great, you know, again, I do think, okay, Dak, yes, the injuries played a little bit into his downfall too. But still – Dak makes, when you watch him, a ton of plays in the pocket. I mean, it's a lot of big throws, like I said, where, you know, again, we might not go, oh, wow, but I might go, damn, most quarterbacks here just wouldn't have hung in there and made that play or that throw. That's where he does separate himself. His toughness and pure man strength and uh, that ability to push the ball down the field in some of those situations. And, you know, again, even though he missed a lot of throws and things and left some yards on the field, right. for the most part, takes care of the ball to a degree, too. He's not very careless. So even when he makes bad decisions, you go, ah, oh, that was a bad decision. But he'll like, you know, he'll put the ball in a spot where it's, go, okay, it didn't get intercepted, even though that wasn't the best decision. There was another guy open. Right. right? He does that. That's where he's good at, in that department. Um, but, yes, the throwing needs to improve a little bit. And... You know, again, I think the health and some of the off-schedule plays that weren't as much this year, I would expect that to be better coming back, you know, just a little healthier than the last two years. And then I'm sitting on the clock at number 10, and I take Lamar, and I tell the media, I can't believe he was still there. (laughs) I know. can't believe he was on the board So that's the one you think that's going to get the most play No, I don't know. I don't know. It's just they they do different things. Yes. And I think that's all these quarterbacks have things they do really well, Uh and all these quarterbacks have things that they do that might worry you. Right. And so that's just you've got to make a decision. And I, I don't think you're alone in thinking that Dak Prescott is is that you know, guy. Again, More consistent we're guy. All, they're all we're yeah they're all in the same offense. I know we got a few Lamar plays, but the the team's not orchestrated just around Lamar and his running game. Yeah, so that's how we're trying to judge this. Again, so it's a little bit of like yes, it's all it's an offense that's got a little of everything, but we're not all in on one thing for one guy. Right. With a Shanahan or a McVay calling the plays here, 
And that's where, you know, we, uh, that's where we're at. And again, yes, I think within that, like, formula we're talking about there. Yep. And if you've got to plug in Dak or Lamar and that kind of offense, then yes, I'm going to take Dak there. You'd be a little worried with Lamar maybe that you, if you don't have all the other pieces around him, maybe it's not going to work. Exactly right. right. So, I don't know yeah. what exactly might happen. Even there. though Dak has had some pretty good pieces around yeah, him. Yeah, no so doubt about it. No doubt. We've done it. We've gone from 12 to 9, which might sound like three quarterbacks if you're just doing the subtraction, but it is four quarterbacks. It is and four. Did you take your wedding, wing, wedding ring off? Did yeah. you get divorced in the middle of that I, last I one fidget. there? I fidget. I fidget okay. with it sometimes, right. and I took it. I went too far right there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, so we want to check in on the on the perfect ten, the Sims perfect ten update because now we have entered into the top ten. Yes, we have, and we know that we had one thousand one hundred and forty four entries from the homies out there. Pete went through them all, tabulated them. He counted only eighty four had the correct group of ten quarterbacks. So okay. not necessarily in the right order, but the ten that you have in the top ten, they had. In the Deshaun top Watson 10. screwed it up, I'm sure, for a lot. We'll of get people. to that in a second yeah. here. Uh, Twenty one people. Had Lamar at 10 and Dak at 9. So even if you screwed up everything else, those 21 people listening that had Lamar at 10, Dak at 9, give yourself a hand. Yes, you that should. Was pretty you, deserve, good. you deserve a hand, no doubt about Clap it. Clap it up for yourself. Clap it up. But here's the bracket buster, as okay. you mentioned. Addy Field. He goes, love the pod. How many perfect 10s were ruined after your ranking of Watson at 13? Mine being one of them. So thanks for that. And he gives the thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> Pete says 755, 66% had Deshaun in the top 10. I know. Sorry, Addy Field. I really am. Uh, and, and, again, it was, it was a tough one. But, you know, like we discussed earlier, I don't know what to expect. And like I said, I'm, I'm not I'm not totally against, and maybe the fact that I didn't think he was going to play this year affected me a little bit. It did. But I think, you know, again, what we discussed here, hey, the guys we just talked about today are, are pretty damn good. All right. And guess what? The ones that we're going to talk about on Wednesday are even better. And yeah, you don't play a year and no practice and all that. Yes. So sorry. That's why he ended up 13. I just, um, yeah, that was a tough one. I know that was going to screw people over. But take solace in the fact that he is not the only quarterback that people are scratching their head about. Yeah. So you should oh, feel good you. about good, that. Good, good. Thank you. Let's go to the homies' questions here. And this one's about Tannehill and Cousins. You had Tannehill at 15, you had Kirk Cousins at 16. Daniel Nottingham says, bro. I know you watch a lot of film, and we're an NFL quarterback. I have mad respect for that, and I think your list so far is pretty good. Oh, how about that? That's pretty good. You kind of feel a butt. You kind of feel a butt coming on. Here it is. But to have Cousins below Tannehill is ridiculous. 12 more touchdowns, 7 fewer interceptions, and approximately 500 more yards. Eyebrow raised. Hey, I, I, listen, I, I get it. I like, you know, we're talking about one spot here, okay? And... Like, Kirk Cousins had an offense that's got more talent in the passing game as far as that's concerned. And I'm, again, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I think there was no Derrick Henry most of the year. There was A.J. Brown who was hurt, missed a few games certainly, and then couldn't practice. And then they had no number two receiver. Julio Jones was available like a, a few games the whole year. He did nothing for them. 
So you you got to remember that. And again, don't always look at stats. Stats don't say it all. You know, yes. You know, again, I feel like Kirk. Neither offense is incredibly quarterback friendly. I'll say that. But like, Tannehill's is less quarterback friendly than Kirk Cousins for sure, definitely. And you know, then you talk about lack of talent and all those things. And again, it's not always about the stats and what's there. I I I would sit there and argue without without question. One of the things that I tried to tell you and separate is. When things aren't there or things aren't good, Tannehill is definitely a notch above Kirk Cousins and being able to still make it happen, where Cousins is not going to make it happen at all. So that's that was really the difference there, you know. And again, don't just get into stats. I I don't think if you put Ryan Tannehill in Minnesota, I don't think the stats would have been any different. And yeah. in a lot of ways, I'd probably argue they've been a little bit better. That's what I would argue. Uh, but I know that's tough to, to tough to argue. And both the guys are really good. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. Yeah, they're in the top yeah. 20 for a reason. Uh, there's another question from Andre Brown Jr. about Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan here. He goes, is there a way for a guy like Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan to climb the board when they lack some of the elite, great physical tools of the top guys? That's a good question. Yeah, like, could they is. ever? What would they have to do? What would Kirk Cousins have to do or Matt Ryan to be in the top five? Yeah, they, could they, it happen? Well, they got to maximize. You know, they got to maximize. They got to play their best. Certainly, yes. Like because it, it, it and play at like a high level all year round. You're right. They're not going to make wow jaw dropping plays all the time. You know, and then all of a sudden just throw lasers all over the right. field when they've been bad for a quarter or whatever else. Would it almost have to be elite? Pinpoint accuracy, exactly. decision making, exactly, exactly. Like That's all what it, that stuff would have to that, be elite, has, elite, exactly. And then, and then for them to also, for me to go to go back and go, you know, again, I hate to keep beating down this point of just going, you know, for them, they took advantage of a lot of like, right. whoa, I don't know if that even should have been completed. It got completed, or man, there was a guy open by a hair down the field. And boom, they got every advantage of that as well. You know, and again, I'm not like unrealistic to go. Oh well, he missed the 70 yard throw, sidearm throw. Damn, he's not good. Like, no, they can't do that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen, yeah. Mahomes, I'd go. Well, why didn't they hit that? Whatever. But like, I'm not going to downgrade those guys if they can't do that because right. they're not physically able to do it. But yes, to me, it's more about they'd have to play at an extremely high level, and then also be with an aggressive in that. You know, again, that's where I go with the Kirk Cousins thing. 33 and seven. But, damn, you guys lost some games and stuff because he kind of just sat back and I won't, it won't, we're not going to lose because of me today. And, the, like, that, you have to take that into account. You guys in Minnesota, to our man there, Daniel Nottingham, right? You guys lost some games and were in some games because Kirk Cousins left plays and points and yards on the field. And then you got to the fourth quarter and you're like, we're in a nail biting. And I want to be like, well, no, you should have been up by 10. But you weren't because your your quarterback, who had 12 more TDs and seven less interceptions, didn't make the proper plays to put you in a spot to where you go, well, we got the game. It's on ice. Right. That, Sorry, that was a lot there. No, no, no. But that, right. that makes sense. And I think that's a lot to unpack with these things. It's and, not like all of your top eight are physical freaks. Like, where would you, you Joe Montana is the quarterback that comes to mind, too. Sure. It's like he wasn't as, you no know, arm, you know, arm strength wasn't great. I'm, I'm, I, I, like, yes. I you think would have had shown, him in your top five. Yeah, I think I'm the showing the, I, again, I know everybody thinks that I'm all about arm strength. I, I get that. You know, but but I'm not. I mean, I picked Joe Burrow over Herbert to be the top quarterback. His arm isn't as strong as Justin Herbert's. You know, I'm not. I I I've really tried to conti- constantly adjust my thoughts 
of the whole position and not just be about playmaking and throwing. Right. But what I will say is sometimes that I think a lot of people under don't respect that aspect enough is what I start to realize. And, hey, for another guy on our list today that I probably didn't say this, you know, this is where I should have said this to this point, Derek Carr. He'd be a guy where I'd go, you know, he was a passer his whole career. This year he became a thrower. He threw some flames and some fireballs into some tight windows. Hmm. It wasn't just precision pass and nice rhythm pass and timing pass. There was some, whoa, did you see that throw? And there's some of that there, too. I don't know what my point of that is, but yeah. I just wanted to make that for Derek Carr. I'm going to do one more here because it's, uh, it's, uh, and it's an aggressive question. Okay. From Jonathan Matzel. Yeah. You really think Jalen Hurts is better than Tua when Saban replaced Hurts with Tua? You're a better talent evaluator than Saban? Question mark. So you had Tua at 29, you had Jalen Hurts at 25, and in doing that, you declared yourself smarter than Nick Saban. Hey, quarterbacks, I, I no doubt, Jonathan Man- Matzell, that I believe I'm a better evaluator than Saban. 100% at Jonathan Matzell. One fucking 100%. So how about that? You know what else? Man, I'm better than Urban Meyer, too, because he thought Dwayne Haskins was better than Joe Burrow. Like, come on. Don't play, like, peanuts to peanuts all the time. First off, Tua has gotten better. I mean, not Tua. Hertz has gotten better, all right, for mm-hmm. sure. He's, gotten, he's become a better passer, right? There's some of that aspect. He can stand in the pocket and take hits and do things that maybe Tua can't. And he is a better runner than Tua. So, yes, for right now, I'm going to take him. He's a better leader than Tua right now and has more of an effect on his football team that way. He plays better in the elements than Tua. Okay? He plays bigger in the pocket than Tua. Is his throwing as gifted? No. Tua's slick with doing things and different arm angles and hopping around the pocket. Yeah, he's probably a little bit more of a natural thrower, but... It's not by so much that it cancels out the other thing Hertz has advantage of, in my opinion. Right. You know, and and you know that's hey, we'll see. They both have their flaws. They do. Hertz has got to be a little more surgical and accurate, definitely. Tua's got to be a little bit more powerful and stand in the pocket. And we can't look for seventy-five thousand ways to throw the ball four yards in the flat. So yes. Because of that, I still think Hertz is better than Tua right now. Clip that off. Yep. Tweet it out to Nick Saban. Please do. And then he will respond and by tell saying, me, Sims my guy. buys all the players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He will say that. Yeah. And he'll say, talk about something else. And I roll emoji. All right. Yes. Thank you to the homies once again for getting Chris riled up. We love that. And we finish <laughs> yeah, today once again with 20 through 11. Woo! Sounds like nine. That's actually 10 Woo, combos baby. of the Super Brawl rankings here so in case you're new to the pod new to the section of the pod this is where we take a coach the coach and the quarterback of every team we pair them up we see how they would do or we try to predict how well they would do in yes. a barroom fight right right I, I, I mean your list has been a phenomenal i'm excited for today's mm-hmm. i still think i'm disappointed by the last one you did that you had Prescott and McCarthy at 21. At I don't 21. know how. At 21. I don't know how. I feel like McCarthy could sit on somebody, and then Prescott will take the <laughs> the other quarterback out, and they're going to win. But yeah. other than that, I like your list. Dead last, we had Michael McDaniel and Tua, and you had no complaints with that one. You but, go, yep, uh, everyone what? would beat are them you, I mean, are you kidding me? Someone had to Are you be a better evaluator than Nick Saban? Of, of fights? I mean, Probably you're going to take Tua over Jalen? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Ha- and we haven't you seen we haven't seen Hertz yet. Yeah, right? you're right. Okay. So I guess he's coming. They could be right here. So you took Hertz over him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number twenty, 
Number 20. The, the team that I think would just barely beat up Mike McCarthy and Prescott <laughs> would not be able to get sat on is Matt Rule and Sam Darnold, Carolina Panthers. So Rule's 47, got the age advantage there on McCarthy. He was a walk-on linebacker at Penn State, played four years under Joe Paterno. I got a lot of respect for a guy who can walk on a program like Penn State, play for that long. I still think he's got some fight in him. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you there. You know, would I say that he's above McCarthy and Prescott? Probably not. But do I think these guys could like do some damage? I do, definitely. Rule is a tough SOB. There's no doubt about it. Sam, Sam is also like first off a bigger human than people realize. Big guy, and has a cinder block for a head. Yes, he is a giant head. Bernie Rubble S. It is exactly right. It is. It's a huge head. So he, I think he could take some shots and deliver them too. So I, I like that right there. And Sam Donald's grandfather, his name is Dick Hammer. So I don't know. Just makes me think he's got some toughness in <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, bring the hammer. Bring the hammer. Bring the hammer. Right. Uh, just ahead of them, number nineteen. This is going to be controversial. Oh, it's a what? Bill Belichick, Mac Jones. We're talking New England Patriots. Now I know it. Bill turned seventy in April. I get that. Last year, I had them all the way up at eight with Cam Newton. What were you? Well, they had Cam. Okay. They did have Cam. Right. Well, I think single-handedly could take yeah, a lot of coaches and floor. quarterbacks. Right, right. Uh, so they do drop down significantly with Mac Jones here. Uh, but I don't know. Bill's got some tricks. He's got. Some, he's like, like Mike Zimmer-esque. You're just like going here. Bill to be sneaky and outthink some people. Like with his finger, he could tell do the something. ref to look over there exactly. while they do something illegal. Yeah, he, right. he was scouting out the bar earlier with a video yeah. camera and yeah. figured out a way to win. He's going to figure out a way to hang they're, around. They're yeah. gritty and tough. They're, that's for sure. I don't know. The pure power angle or strength angle is a little concerning with this group. They'd have to use their mind over their strength. They're definitely right. going to have to be technique oriented. If yes. it was a bench press competition, they might be you know, dead last. But <laughs> as Pete mentions, Mac has a nutritionist. Oh, um, so yep. He's in so better he'll shape. He'll toss some people around. Number 18, and this team was 15 last year, so they have dropped down a little bit. The Los Angeles Rams, even though they won the Super Bowl, Sean McVay, who does work out a lot, i got to give him credit does, for that. does, does. Small in stature, though. And Matt Stafford, who, uh, you know, back issues. I think that's the one thing that I do. I am concerned about Matt Stafford, but a, a solid individual. And Sean McVay works out, even though he's 5'10". I think he could do well. McVay is like a powerhouse. Powerhouse. Yes. Yeah, so he's, he's like, even though like he's 5'10", he's strong as hell. He's got pecs and arms and uh, yes. legs and butt and everything. So there's real strength <laughs> there. Stafford, like you talk about the back and all that, but like one thing, like two things kind of jumped to my mind with Stafford. Yeah. First off, he's going to have an amazing right hook. I mean, he's got an amazing right arm. So right? that thing's going to hurt. And then Stafford is tough. You say what the fuck you want about that's Stafford. a good point. I mean, he can take shots. He been all he did was get hit for by the for the Detroit Lions for twelve years. You saw it. Yep. He was playing with broken back, broken fingers, hurt shoulders, hurt ankles, and he did it out of this year. So yes. yeah, he's he's a scrapper for that's sure. That's a great point. My yes. worry would be that all those hurt shoulders, hurt back. At some they get point, hurt during one of these fights. He's yeah. in the middle of this barroom fight. He's like, "What am I doing here? Yeah. Get me out of this thing." <laughs> uh, just ahead of them. 17, we've got the Washington Commanders. Ron Rivera, Carson Wentz, Rivera, 6'3". He's 60 years old, played linebacker back at Cal, 13-year NFL career, won the Super Bowl with the 85 Bears. Yes, sir. Uh, and Carson Wentz, I think, is a solid human being. Definitely. So this is another is one where right I'd go, maybe you could have put him higher. Could have. You know, there's, just, there's, there's some real size here. I mean, Carson is one of the biggest quarterbacks in football. And Ron, yeah. 
Ron's is one of those guys that when he looks at you, you go, ooh, he looks tough and mean. I'm scared of him. You and don't want to fight. Say, at that point, right. you opt out You're of like, fighting. You're like, oh, he's a little scary that way. You so the, they, they would be a nice combination for sure. You might, you, this might be another, another NFC East team you've disrespected. All right, so there are some teams and quarterback-coach combinations that you think maybe should be lower. Maybe it's this next one, who I have right in the middle of the pack would beat up half of the league and lose to the other half of the league. The Houston Texans at number 16. We got Lovey Smith. We got Davis Mills. This replaces David Culley and Deshaun Watson from last year, who were all the way back in 31. Um, so they've moved up as a team here. I mean, Lovey Smith. I mean, he's another guy like Ron Rivera. You look at him and you go, I I'd, rather I, I'd, I'd rather not fight. I'd rather not fight. I put him up there for sure. Lovey would definitely be one of those guys that go, I don't know if I want to mess with him. He's 64, and he might beat me up, and that's not going to be cool for my my <laughs> reputation. And someone else would go, dude, he's got a gray beard. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen anyone with a gray beard before like that? I'm <laughs> yeah. fighting him. Seriously. I mean, that thing is Santa Claus-esque, uh, the way it looks on him. I, I actually love that he's sporting it. Yeah. The Davis Mills part? Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Concern. I'm not sure. You know, such a yeah. long, exposed neck. Yeah. Seems like it would open up opportunities. Exactly. He is he, another guy that's big. He is smart. Yes. But, yes, I mean, big neck usually means weak chin. <laughs> it could fall down. Yeah, fall we've been down saying it for years. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a age-old tale. You An know? age-old tale. Long neck, weak chin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number uh, I can't believe we're having serious comedy <laughs> conversations <laughs> about this. Number 15. I think these are two guys with uh, short necks. Yeah. So maybe that'll help. Yeah, them. it will. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Now, Cliff's still young in, in shape, you'd think. 42 years old, played quarterback at Texas Tech um, for Mike Leach back in the day. Uh, last year, this team was 19. Yeah. And I moved them up because I think there's a little more desperation this year. I think more, they're a little more, yeah. yeah they're they, ready to fight. They're ready they've, to they've fight. They've been backed into a corner. Exactly. Yes, so they're going to be a little right. more aggressive. Hey, it is. A, it's Cliff's, you know, 6'3", 4". He was, you know, a college quarterback. He just, like you said, still, he's 42. Yeah. Kyler's a freak athlete. Like, yeah, they could be, they would have to win with athleticism. They yes. would have to win on like their conditioning. Tough to catch. Yeah, right. We're gonna we're gonna run you around. No huddle this to this tag yeah. team. Right? Could you get a shot in on Kyler? Right. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Like right. Clean shot. Right. Would be He's difficult. gonna wear you out. Wear you out. Run around and and then Cliff might come in and try to finish you off with one punch. Opposite strategy for this next team. Number fourteen. We have the New York Giants. New you uh, new head coach Brian Dayball. You got Daniel Jones, who's a big human being. Definitely. Dayball's forty-seven. He played football at the University. Of Rochester, yeah, and so I got them at fourteen. I, I like that. There. Solid. Dayball has got a little of the you know Irish pub fighter look. To- I, mean, I mean, definitely. Yes, right. I think I've seen Brian Dayball in a fight in a bar before. Yeah. I, it might not have been him, but I think <laughs> yes, I remember that. He's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, New York guy, Rochester. You know, he's tough. And then Daniel Jones. I mean, you can say what you want about him as a player, or whatever. One thing you can't question is his toughness. Yeah. Nobody's been killed more in football the last three years than Daniel Jones. And like you said. Daniel Jones would definitely classify as one of the guys in the list where you go, oh, my gosh, I did not realize this guy is this big. I mean, it's it's legit big, and it's not just like there's some muscle to it and everything there. And, uh, yeah, he'd, he'd be he'd be tough to, to mess around with. And a smart guy. Yeah. Went to Duke definitely. as well. You don't want to question the toughness of our next quarterback either. Number 13. The Cincinnati Bengals. We got Joe Burrow. We have Zach Taylor. The most controversial team last year in our Super Brawl rankings. They were dead last. They've gone all the way up to 13th. They showed me a what lot of things last year. What an ass kisser you are. 
They showed me a lot of things. Maybe I've gone from underranking them to <laughs> now over. overranking them in the next year. Maybe. I, I'm never going to doubt Joe Burrow. Right? You, you can't. Know? No. It's like he's Jolton Joe over there. Mm-hmm. You know, slippery Joe. He can do it all. Figure scrappy out a way. Joe. I You're get, like, how did that guy just beat me? I, exactly. Well, I do think last year, right, was it, Pete, that someone shared that tire video of him at Ohio State when yeah. he was there? It was like some you know, ma- mono mono I don't know. I forget what they were doing. Yeah, he was doing flipping tires, but it, he was really aggressive and... Scared me. It was a tug of the war. Tug of war with a tire. Yeah, that's right. With a tire. Right, right. Yeah, and I was like, all right, he's too low. Yeah, Joe, Joe, you know, Joe's strong. He's athletic as hell. He's quick and twitchy, definitely. And Zach's, you know, again, even though you were disrespecting him last year, as a college quarterback that played in Nebraska, he's not a real small guy either. He's a good athlete, and he's young. You got to give that something. Yes. I mean, you got to. And Burrow was another guy that would classify as people don't realize how big he is until you see him in person. We're getting into the big guy portion of the rankings here. And number 12, a couple big guys as well. Number 12 for the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota. Uh, Arthur's below 42. He's 39 years old. He was a guard at North Carolina. 6'4", 283 is what he was listed then. Uh, Did have a foot problem, though, which limited his playing career, so that's a concern. Uh, And Marcus Mariota's a big dude, too. I think physical specimen. He is. So he's he's 12. The Atlanta Falcons cracked the top 12. I think this is – you got this one right – this is in the right spot. I mean, Arthur's a powerhouse, and he's got like a little – he's got some toughness to his attitude, and Mariota is like – he is big, athletic, quick, explosive. I mean, I'm I'm not mad at this one at all. I think you got them right in the right spot. So just outside the top ten, we'll do one more, and this one is just outside the top Ooh. ten. Number eleven. Last year they were twenty six. Wow. And last year they had a different coach. Oh, Bruce Arians Man, is he out. He was worth fifteen spots. This He's guy. worth fifteen spots. So Bruce Arians is out. Todd Bowles in this house. There's Todd Bowles in this house. There's Todd Bowles in this house. Certified freak as a fighter, we think, too. Uh, with Tom Brady, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 11, just outside the top 10. Brady tough. Okay. Brady tough. I'll, I'll, I mean, he's tough. He's tough as ever. Refuse to lose. I will question his ability to stand in there and take a shot now at this age. Okay. To the, or to the face. You and know? Giselle jumps and be like, exactly. Yeah, hey, Isn't what are you it doing? enough? Enough is enough. Enough is right? enough. Bowles, I mean, he's an ex-NFL safety. I mean, you know his head's made of concrete, and he probably <laughs> likes hitting. So that's he's a scary one for he's sure. Scary, yes. And he's like not, you know, he's a big guy. Age has put on a few pounds for him, but it's not like sloppy bad. He's just mm-hmm. a big guy. Ooh, so he's got ooh. some power there. I don't, yes. yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with Todd Bowles for sure. I would sure. not either. And that's moving him up just outside the yeah, top ten. Brady's going to have to be smart. Brady's going to have to be tactical. He's going to have to move. He's going to have to dance. He's going to have to yeah. jab. He's going to have to bob and weave. Because if his hair gets messed up or you mess up the Botox in yeah. his right cheek, he might quit. Yes. So I don't know. He might quit. You're right. Yeah. But he's going to prepare for like maybe three months before the fight. Definitely. He's going to do everything he can to and figure out the best way. he's going to send text messages to Todd Bowles saying, we will not lose these fights. Yes. We will not lose these fights. <laughs> and then someone it. from uh, behind the bar all of a sudden will jump in, like, who's that guy? And be like, Brady recruited him. I, was like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I didn't that's know that was Brady. Everybody wants to play with he Brady. To play with Brady. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the Bucks are just outside the top ten. Next time we're here, next Monday, yeah. it'll be ten to one. And you know what Champion that means. Will be crowned.
What does that mean? We'll be having the Miz back on. Oh, are we having the Miz? We're having the Miz. Oh, the Miz. We look- have to make you lay miserable. We can have the Miz. Pete's like, as long as I say. He was very, he was like. He, he shit all over you the last whole time. year. To the point where I was like, you got to have one good thing you say because you kind of, this is almost like you no, just came on just I to crap on me. I can't wait for him to come out and crap on you again. <laughs> I really can't. That was one of the highlights of the year last year. Uh-huh. No one busts on you like that. Uh, I know. You know, because you're like. I was not used to You're that. the perfect human. You're such like, a nice guy that people don't really want to bust on you hard. What if but I, he doesn't yes, know you? He doesn't so know he was me. allowed to do that. What if I bring it back to him? Like the first time ever you see me just go off on someone. Oh, what? And I'll, then he I'll, doesn't want to I'll come give back. you a hundred cash. You will? Yeah. hundred cash. Do it, if you, I just bust you, on him. You won't do it. I won't though. do it. You won't. I won't do it. Pete, you want to end with the tug of, tug of war at Ohio State? We, we got, got the it, joke. We teased it. it. Here it is. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's a tire tug of war. He's on the left. He's going crazy. He's a ballistic. He's got one arm on the tire. But he's, he looks like he's losing. He's it, oh, but the he other, was losing. But then look at it. Oh, well, the other guy went to the ground, and he just he gritted it out. The other guy looked like he might have been a tight end or something. Too. Man, looks seriously, like look guy. at that. There's the hair. Damn. How do you let him get away to LSU after this? Oh, that guy fell down, and that was it. Oh, he was so close, and he just didn't. He get was there. close, and then Burrow refused to lose. Yep. Oh, man. All right, so they're thirteenth. We'll see who's number one. I can't wait. Actually. Hey, Pete, uh, send out a survey, get a 1,000 responses, and tabulate it all over the next couple of days. <laughs> yeah, no problem. There's Ahmad. Ahmad, Ahmad giving everybody work once exactly, again. Yeah. He loves to do that. Exactly. He loves well, it. Well, this was work for me right here. Yeah, it was. Good. It's, it's about yeah. time. I yeah. did just call him Ahmad. I it's did. His I did. It it's slipped out of my it's, it's his nickname. It slipped out of my mouth. It's his nickname Sorry. for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> what all the cool kids call him. All right, everybody. There you have it. We got Ahmed's 2022 Super yep. Bowl rankings. Yep. We got number one through 16. Or no, no. We got what coming up on, uh, where are we at? Uh, top 10? No. For what? For my Yeah, rankings? your top 10 for we'll you We'll do the top up. 10. We'll do the whole top 10 next time. Okay. And we got number eight through number five coming for me on the Wednesday podcast. Which is four quarterbacks. Which is four quarterbacks, even though it seems like it's three. <laughs> but then Ahmed will be back. On, on Monday, Monday yep. and that will be the final 10 of the brawl, final five of the quarterback wow, countdown. Wow, that's crazy. Yes, sir. I think that's what it'll be. Final four. Final, final four, four, exactly. <laughs> yes. Confusing myself. <laughs> yeah. No yeah, doubt. Math is hard. All right. Paul's back in the chair on Mon- uh, Wednesday. He'll be here. Please. I-, I love all the questions. I don't mean to sound snarky when you ask these things. That's I'm when sorry. You're at your best. I, I know. Snarky. I get snarky because I wanted to just make my points the right way. It's good. We like uh, that. But I love the questions. I really do. Ahmed, you the man. Thanks again for working a four-day weekend. Yep. Nobody does it like you. Yep. All right, homies. Be good. Stay safe out there. We'll see you Wednesday. Clap, Clap it, it up. up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.